0: This episode contains significant spoilers for the brand new Netflix show, Dash and Lily, which your hosts strongly recommend that you watch prior to listening to this episode. Listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide, wide world of streaming rom coms and teen cinema. I am your co host, Martha Sullivan, adult librarian manager and guinea pig owner.
1: And I am here as always with my fellow co host. I'm Maren Hagman, uh, adult services librarian um, and romantic comedy enthusiast. Um, and I'm very excited to hear about, about Guinea Pig. Yay!
0: Yes, we are bringing home the newest edition tomorrow. Um, And now I feel like I know a little bit about what internet dating feels like. Um,
1: (laughs) How does how do they profile a guinea pig?
0: Well, so this is how it went. Um, First, I emailed. So for the listener at home, um, I have two guinea pigs, or I I had two guinea pigs who were sisters, and one unfortunately passed away recently. Um, They're older girls, and she had some health complications. Um, but my remaining girl, uh, is both has always lived with a buddy and also guinea pigs are herd animals. So we did not want to leave her by herself. And I emailed the rescue where we originally adopted them from only to be, to see if they had any single, uh, young, single females that they thought might be a good fit. And they told me that, Harley, my my girl, is too old to bond with a new guinea pig. Oh, no. Which is incorrect. Guinea pigs are herd animals. They want to be in groups. Harley is five, which is on the older end, but is not, like, decrepitly old. So I got real mad and started looking around at alternative rescues. And the one that I found um, had photos of a bunch of their available pets. Um So I emailed them and I said, here's my situation. Here's a little bit about Harley. Can you tell me about the following four guinea pigs on your website? So they responded and told me a little bit about each one. (laughs) We went back and forth a little bit to to, um, kind of hashing out who we thought would be the best fit um, to introduce to Harley as a friend. So tomorrow I'm driving to the facility to pick up her Her current name is Van. That is uh, we will see how we feel when we get okay. to actually meet her. <laughs> um, is that short for anything or no I think it's just the name that either they gave her or that she had when she was surrendered. Okay. Um, but she's one years old and they said they described her as being a sweetheart who is the most tame of all of their animals. Aww. So yeah, we were we we're hoping for someone kind of chill and low key. Uh, Harley is very nervous and afraid of change. So we were thinking that someone real chill was going to be uh, a good fit for her, someone who wouldn't try to bully her or boss her around.
1: No. Um
0: and Help. so yeah. I'm Aww. I'm very excited. Yay. I have a temporary house, I have a temporary house set up for her up in our office. Where she will hang out for about a week until we can get her to the vet, and then we will make our introductions. Oh, well, that is very exciting. Yes, that is my that is my pet story for all of our listeners. We will we will miss Harley dearly, um, but we don't wanna don't wanna leave our Harley alone. Yeah, yeah. So today we are going to be talking about the Netflix miniseries. Dash and Lily, which is based off of the uh, YA novel co-written by David Levithan and Rachel Cohn, called Dash and Lily's Book of Dares. Uh, this came out this year, just like a couple weeks ago, I think. Uh, and stars Austin Abrams as Dash, Midori Francis as Lily, Dante Brown as Boomer, Troy Awada as Langston, James Saito as Arthur Morey, Lily's grandfather. Um... Michael Creighton as Jeff the Elf. Uh, I'm looking for Jody Long as Mrs. Basil E., Lily's aunt.
1: And a variety of other players. And most importantly, we cannot forget Nick Jonas as himself.
0: As himself. Uh, The series was primarily directed by Fred Savage, which also is, uh, I think kind of hilarious oh yeah uh and it was written by rachel Cohn and david levithan and a multitude of others so the authors of the novel did have a hand in helping to adapt the source material uh this was um a mini series which is not something we've done before but it's only eight episodes and each one's only about 25 minutes long which meant that every episode went down real sweet like a like a little nugget of christmas (laughs) Of Christmas festivity.
1: <laughs> it was just like Lauren? a cookie. It was like a, a TV Christmas cookie. Like you get one bite. And then. It really was. Just pop t- that right in. Exactly. Exactly. Um uh, would
0: you like to give our audience an overview of the series? Sure.
1: Uh, so. We. So our two characters, Dash and Lily. um, Each share the commonality that they are spending Uh, Christmas alone in New York. Um, Dash because he chooses to and kind of lies to his parents by pretending to be with the other um, so that he can be by himself over Christmas. Um, And Lily because her family has all suddenly decided to go out of town. Um, So Lily um, in a peak of sadness, loneliness Um, in consultation with her older brother Langston, writes up a kind of guessing clue game, um, to be put, that she puts next to her favorite book, Franny and Zoe, um, at the Strand bookstore. Um, and Dash finds it, um, and does the dares in the book, um, first, I think, because he's bored. Uh, And then, uh, because he, based on what he's reading, he, he wants to know more about Lily. Um, so they start passing the notebook back and forth. Um, and they, they have dares including, you know, grabbing a, was it a Macy's Santa's hat? A Macy's Santa. Yes. (laughs) Um, going to a nightclub with a bunch of, Jewish rappers, um, which is one of my favorite scenes, um, all sorts of, of, you know, trying new restaurants, all sorts of interesting little dares, um, that they pass back and forth through this notebook. Um, meanwhile, Dash is discovering that his ex-girlfriend, Sophia, is coming back into town, um, and kind of has to deal with her arrival, um, and Lily reconnects with a boy that she, uh, saw as her middle school bully, um, that he, in this moment, kind of destroyed a lot of her inner confidence, um, and has kind of carried that with her, and is part of why, um, she's a little more reclusive. Um, and so there's also that plot thread, um... I am forgetting to talk about the two best, well, the three best characters, which include um, Lily's great aunt, Mrs. Basil E., um, who also facilitates some of their notebook passing and and is estranged from Lily's grandfather, one of the other best characters, um, who goes to Florida initially, um, but finds himself unable to commit to his girlfriend down in Florida um, and is played by... The wonderful James Saito, in a role actually, like, very different from his role in Always Be My Maybe. He, um, is much more, like, stern and uptight in this one. Um, and then also we see a lot of Dash's best friend, Boomer, who works at a pizza place where, um, the notebook gets passed back and forth several times. Um, and this all kind of comes to a head with, um they dash and Lily meet, but actually don't know it. Um, and then Lily figures out that she has met dash, but he, um, is chastely on a couch after making out with her for quite a bit, uh, has spent the night with Sophia locked up in a library. Um, and so Lily, you know, kind of assumes that he, he is not who, you know, is assumed, Ugh. assumes that he wants to get back together with Sophia, is not who he, or who she thought he was. Um, and then, of course, there is the kind of not happily ever after, but everything gets resolved in the last episode where um, Lily's parents, um, who have come back and let her know that they are going to very soon have to move to Fiji um, for her father's job, um, this gets resolved. Um, by her grandfather Green to let her stay with him in New York. Um, And Dash puts together um, a lovely spread of all of these New York-based foods that kind of connect and all the different dares they did. Um, The other major plot line I am forgetting here is about Lily's brother Langston, um, who uh, meets this uh, man, Benny, on a dating app. And they kind of go hot and heavy for a while. Um, But Langston... (laughs) Decides that Benny going on a two-week trip is too long of a long distance, and so breaks up with him. um, And Lily, kind of discovering her love for Dash, gives Langston the courage to to tell Benny that, um, you know, if if Lily and Dash can learn to love each other through a notebook, (laughs) Benny can write him in a notebook. He can write him in a notebook from Puerto Rico and send it to him. Um, all right, that was a very chaotic summary as <laughs> I was trying to go plot line by plot line. But is there anything I'm forgetting? I don't think so. Um,
0: I am going to have Pete put a big spoiler warning right at the top of the episode because I forgot to do that. Oh, yeah, and I think that I this is this one is new enough and also delightful enough that I really would like people to watch it before listening to this episode. Um. No, I think that about covers it. We get a very cute New Year's Eve scene. So so just sidebar, one of the things that I appreciated about this is that it's a Christmas show, but it also kind of spans the entirety of the winter holidays. So we get a Hanukkah scene and we get a Christmas Eve and a Christmas Day scene and we get a New Year's scene that is focused on Japanese familial practices um, and we get the New Year's Eve scene, so it's just like just sort of a general celebration of all of these different winter holidays that happen in New York. And I thought that was really lovely.
1: Yeah, and I think it. I think for for a story to be as heightened and as like conceptual of a of a rom com as it is, I I think it makes sense that it takes place in this really compressed, um, you know, two week or so time frame, um, that, that hits on all of these holidays and, like, these special moments for, for families through the year.
0: Um, so did you like this show? Did you enjoy watching it?
1: I did! I did! I, um, at first I was a little nervous, because at first Dash seems like a little angsty, emo, sad boy, and... That took a little while <laughs> to kind of, um, I don't want to say get over, but kind of get acclimated to, oh, okay, he's just a loner. Um, well,
0: and Dash is, Dash is the kid who I, so Marn and I have talked about this a little bit on air. Dash is a kid that I definitely went to high school with who wore a, uh, like, black pea coat everywhere and carried a notebook at all times and was, like, 14 and drinking black coffee because <laughs> of, like, the image. So I know this kid. I went to high school with this <laughs> kid, which I think made him a little easier for me to swallow. Mm.
1: Um,
0: Like, I don't... I didn't like him as an actual teenager, but in a, like in a rom-com setting where I know that part of the point is him discovering the spirit of Christmas, Mm -hmm. um, it was a little easier, ultimately, for me to take, I think.
1: Yeah, and I I do like that it wasn't... I feel like I... and I mean, I think this is a pretty common thread in in rom-coms, but I I did like kind of the... Opposition, well, not opposition. I, I liked that, you know, while we got to watch Dash learn how to um, be willing to, to rely on other people and, and actually bond with other people, at the same time we got to see Lily kind of learn to take her negative emotions seriously. So so you could see how, um, and I, I think this is so key for episode- like, uh, up. Uh, I'm never gonna pronounce this word. Thing rom com ep- episodic episodic uh, uh, epist- Epis- ep- epistolary epistolary. Thank you. I yes. think it's so. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I we, got there. We did. We did. Um, I think it's so important for epistolary romances to, like, it really needs to make an argument for why these two main characters need each other. Um, and I, I think that us getting to see those transitions of, you know, for Dash from loner lonerdom and for Lily from not quite a full, but an almost like toxic positivity um, to, to getting to see, you know, both of those stories. So I liked that duality. And of course, you know, I, well, I definitely started with my eyes rolled a lot at Dash. Um, it, it was nice that the story wasn't, it wasn't like a Manic Pixie Dream Girl story of like, the girl makes this boy happy. It was like a nice them each learning something important from the other. Yeah, one of the
0: things that I really enjoyed about it is that I think that there, well, not that I think, one of the big tensions in the show is that both of them struggle with this idea that the person that they have developed in their head as they're in the process of writing back and forth to each other won't match the reality of the person when they finally meet. Mm -hmm. And what I think the show is really clever about doing is that we as the audience know that both of these things are true. It is both true that the Dash and Lily being imagined by the other one is not the reality, but we also know that they're still a good fit for each other. Like they both kind of have to get over this idea of like the perfect person in their head being the perfect fit for themselves so that they can realize that the imperfect person who is the reality Mm -hmm. is actually like a great match for them.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why it's so clever. I, I think I'm glad they have at least one scene and honestly I could maybe done with a couple more but I, I think that's why so often in a, epistolary romances, we need we need the characters to know each other in some other capacity. So, you know, here I'm thinking here of shop around the corner, slash you've got mail. Um, and so I think it's really important that we do get, at least get one scene of them just meeting, like without context, without knowing who each other is. And, and we can see right away that they have this chemistry. Um, and I, I think that that... They do a really good job of building that scene um, so that, you know, just really confirms, yeah, kind of like you're saying, this, like, dramatic irony of, like, we know that they're portraying themselves a certain way in these letters. But we do also know that, like, they would balance each other out and they would get something from the other. And then, yeah, and then that's just confirmed in this scene where we actually get to see them interact without... The pressure of is this person gonna be the person I have dreamed up in my head
0: yeah I thought that scene was so cute because because they don't know that the other one is who they are it lets them be freer like it lets them actually be themselves the first time they meet each other rather than like having all of the weight of these expectations on them and I
1: think to yeah it just it, it emphasizes you know like right away they are comfortable with each other and saying things to each other that clearly they don't they can communicate to anyone else at this party and like there's a lovely moment where lily shows off her um christmas tree sweater which clearly she has been kind of too not afraid to do but like has kind of sense that no one else at this party who are you know all these folks are dressed like really stylishly and really polished you know after talking to Dash for a few minutes she gets the sense that he would appreciate her really awesome Christmas tree sweater that lights up and um yeah you just get um yeah you get kind of the thesis of oh yeah these two are good for each other um and then, you know, it's contrasted it with the next episode where they do finally know who each other are and it just completely bombs. <laughs> well, and I
0: also liked that. I also liked that even though we get the scene where they meet and it's cute and good, when they meet, it isn't just immediately like perfect sunshine and roses. Like, they do still have to get over the fact that they've been idealizing the other one for like two weeks and that at first, it's kind of a disaster. Yeah. They they both have to get over themselves.
1: (laughs) In different ways. Yeah, and I think, too, that, like, they have to, yeah, kind of, and obviously it's interesting, because it is kind of just, like, an unfortunate chain of events that that meets them, that leads them to meeting again in, like, the worst possible light of Lily is kissing this other boy, um, and and is drunk for the first time. Um, and Dash, you know, walks in and oh, um, yeah. Also, so-, so it's a whole thing that Lily has like
0: only adult friends because she's bad at like being social. I think. Yeah. Uh, what were her adult friends doing? Letting her drink all of that boost. I know. I was mad at them. I was so
1: mad at them. I was like, at least one of you should know better. Well, and I think so. My sense I actually um, just re watched part of this scene before we started recording. And I think what we were supposed to believe was that like each adult thought they were like kind of separately giving her a sip. Like, I think they thought they were each like, oh, yeah, have a little sip, like, try a little bit. Um, and then they got drunk enough that they just were not paying attention, and yeah, See, I don't, I don't know that I buy
0: that because the initial scene where so she storms in and she's mad mm-hmm. and she takes a sip, she goes around the table and like takes a sip from everybody's drink, trying to find one that she likes, I guess, and then she finds the peppermint schnapps and yeah. she's like, "I'll have one of those," <sighs> and like, it's not subtle it's not secret yeah and then at a certain point at a certain point she
1: is going up to the bar and buying drinks just like what is happening yeah that was really unbelievable but yeah i think initially we were supposed to give the adults the benefit of the doubt that like okay like i guess this you know i think i think we were supposed to get the sense that like they got drunk and forgot to monitor her but yeah it is a little ridiculous it's like wait what like Why are you letting a 17-year-old do this? Like, no. Well, But I also do love that then the show doesn't let her off the hook. Like, she
0: gets in super trouble with her grandpa and her parents. So, like, I I do sometimes have a, like, where are the parents moment Mm -hmm. in teen stories. And in this one, we know where her parents are. We know where her grandpa is. Like, her grandpa being a super close presence in her life is both a good thing and then also sometimes a, like, maybe not such a good thing. Mm,
1: Yeah. And I, yeah, I do like that, like, part of, I mean, I think part of it is because she is so close to her parents and grandpa and is so close to her family. Like, they almost need to leave for her to have the space to be, like, oh, I guess, like, without that, I'm lonely. Like... Um so it actually like made sense for the parents to be and there were there were actual story and thematic reasons for the parents to be gone for the first big chunk. hmm So what
0: what problems did we have with Dash and Lily?
1: Hmm. Um I think yeah, I I think we needed like a few more scenes of them interacting. I think it... And I mean, I don't know, maybe this is where envisioning, they're envisioning a second season. But it was almost too epistolary. Like, we needed... I think we needed more of them actually interacting.
0: Yeah, I I can understand why we didn't get that in this story, though. Because... I, I think that I would have gotten annoyed if we'd had, if the um, like them meeting each other without realizing who the other one is had gone on for much longer. I think that I would have gotten annoyed by like, really you guys, like how long can you go without introducing yourselves? Um, and I, I think that once they are together at the end, that's kind of the end of what this story is telling so I didn't really mind that we ended there and I I also wouldn't mind if we got a sequel series. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, and I do believe there are sequels to the books, so I'm guessing that we will. I don't know. I just it didn't not even like a ton more scenes, but even just like one or two more. Um just cuz I felt like those um Yeah, I think those scenes were so strong, and I think it could have done with just, like, a little more. Um. I wanted more
0: of their relationships with other people. Like, I really enjoyed watching Lily with her brother, Mm. and I really enjoyed watching Dash with Boomer, his friend, and I, I wish that we had kind of gotten... To know them a little bit more through the people that they that are like around them.
1: Hmm. I I definitely could have done with more Boomer screen time. I think Boomer was so great. We we knew more of him. I think I hmm, I think we did actually get quite a bit of Langston and Lily together. Um. So I think. I I guess I didn't feel like I was hurting for seeing Lily in the context of, like, her family and her one group of adult friends. Um, I do think, you know, we really only get a couple scenes with Dash and Boomer, and then one horrific scene with Dash and his dad. And I don't think, do we ever get Dash's mom? No. Is she even present? So, yeah, I I think we could have definitely... I mean, I think the, the, the thing time? is that both of his
0: parents, yeah, both of his parents think, both of his parents are on different vacations and think that he's staying with the other one. And then his dad comes home early, which is why we get to meet him at
1: all. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I think you're, I agree with you in the context of Dash. I, I do think we needed to see um, more of Dash with other people. But I, I think we got a good kind of... Context of Lily and her family, and um, and although it was delightful, like I'm not complaining about. I'm not saying we got like too much. Um, I guess I'm just saying I f- I, I did feel like we got enough there. Sure, I do kind of want to know though. Did we ever learn the source of why her great aunt and grandpa don't speak to each other? Is it just that her great aunt was an actress? Yeah, I got the I got the sense that it was like
0: the the accumulation of her aunt behaving in a consistent way that her grandfather found to be inappropriate and oh. like out not outlandish, but um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like in a way he didn't approve of.
1: Okay. Yeah, I would have because we kind of got glimpses there, but yeah, I would have. <laughs> That one, I would appreciate a little bit more context.
0: Yeah, we only really ever get to see them interact through Lily's point of view, and I, I think that a scene between the two of them that the audience get to witness, even if um, Lily is not present, would have been nice. Yeah, because like, I would have loved, I would have loved to see that conversation that they have um, when it's not, it's not on New Year's. Um, but that ends with the grandpa crying. Like Lily comes in and her grandpa is crying, and I was like, "Let me watch that." Yeah.
1: Or even if we got to see, and I think it's a, I think the reason we don't is it's supposed to be a twist where um, uh, we see she is at the apartment, um, and Langston is like, Oh, huh, Like, does grandpa know you're here?" And she's like, yeah, he invited me here. And then it kind of cuts. And then, you know, later we see Lily talking on the phone with her grandpa. And we find out that, like, the two of them came to an agreement about, you know, being able to keep Lily in New York between the two of them. Um, And I would have really liked to see that conversation. And I know we're not meant to because it's meant to be a, like, suspenseful reveal that, oh, Lily gets to stay in New York. But, yeah, that would have been I feel nice like they could have even, I feel like they
0: could have cut between that conversation and the cab ride. Yeah. And, like, shown the, the, the case as the aunt makes it for, like, why they should let Lily stay. And, like, they, they, they wouldn't have to show us the end of the discussion where the agreement is reached. But it, I think it could have been kind of cool to, like, intercut the debate. Mm -hmm. with her in the cab ride like on the way to um the airport
1: yeah and then you could keep some of the tension of like is she gonna be able to stay um but then actually get to see that like reconciliation start speaking of the cab ride one of my other problems is this movie ends with lily not returning her parents who are in a cab on the way to an international flight um and she has run out of this cab without warning, and she does not return their call. Um, yeah, I did
0: very strongly feel like, mm, kind of feel like any any argument for good behavior your aunt just made for you, you just dismantled. Yep.
1: <laughs> and Lily, it, it's even, we, we see Lily actively decide not to call her parents
0: back. I know. I was like, even if they're not going to come rescue you, Lily, you have to tell
1: them where you are. Right. So at least they can decide, like, okay, are we making this flight and, like, leaving you and your grandpa's care? Like, I guess the answer is that the grandpa calls the parents yeah, to let them
0: know. But also, if I'm her parents, I'm like, I'm not actually leaving the
1: country until I know she's okay. Exactly. And then I will be very mad that we have wasted <laughs> thousands of non-refundable airlines. Non-refundable dollars. Oh, my God. Oh, oh I can't even imagine. I, I it, it just makes me so stressed knowing. So the one time I've come close to missing an international flight, um, it was the silliest thing because... I just needed to take a, a really quick flight from Milwaukee to O'Hare and then I needed to connect um, from O'Hare to Heathrow and my parents booked the flight for me and they had brought it up to their I think they actually went through travel agent because it was part of a, a big trip for them. and they brought it up and they were like, oh, like are we sure this is enough time? And it was except for my flight from Milwaukee got super delayed. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, And so, and I told the, as we were boarding, I told the steward, you know, the stewards, I was like, hey, like, just so you know, like, kind of a tight flight to make it Heathrow. or, Or to make to Heathrow, like, oh, like, can you help me at least get prepared, get ready? Anyway, so I, um, so I landed, I immediately turned on my phone, and thank God my brother was on this flight with me, and he, like, basically told the, the... Stewards on the flight from uh, O'Hare to Heathrow, he was like, No, she's coming. Like, her flight is just a little late. Like, can you please keep the doors open for her? And, like, they gave him, they were apparently very sweet and gave him all this advice to send me about how to get to the right terminal fast. And so I turned on my phone and there's like 10 texts from my brother, just like, Okay, get out. Like, do this. (laughs) Go here. Take this bus across. Like, Run across this part of O'Hare. Like, I... (laughs) And so I get to the gate, and these really sweet airline stewards are just like, Yay! You made it! Cute! (laughs) And, um, yeah. And I was... My brother and I were the last people to board that flight. (laughs) Like...
0: Yeah, I have I have had a brush with I've had a brush with doom on international flights twice. Once I was um I was traveling to uh somewhere on the Baltic, um Copenhagen. I was traveling to Copenhagen to get on a cruise with my grandparents and we had a connecting flight also in Heathrow and my mom was looking at the this the times and saying eh, mom don't you don't you think these are cutting it a little close and my grandma was like well our travel agent booked them so I'm sure she knew what she was doing Um, we were like hit the ground running when we got to Heathrow ran we caught the plane our luggage did not oh no so we got to Copenhagen and our bags were still in Heathrow and because we were going on a cruise the cruise was basically like well if we leave before your bags get there we'll just send them to your, to the next port of call oh, wow. which was going to be in like which was going to be in like 2 days oh so
1: no.
0: yeah it everything was everything ended up being fine our bags got there they were waiting for us on the boat by the time we boarded oh good um but yes the other time was when bill and i were coming home from ireland and we left ourselves 2 hours to get through the airport mm-hmm. um but then it turned out that returning our rental car took way longer than we thought it was going oh, to. No. Again, we made our flight. Everything was fine. But that was another one where like Bill got stopped by security to be frisked. And we were both like, really? Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have never actually missed an international flight. Yeah, I, I am the kind of I am the kind of person who gets to an airport like four hours early
1: because the thought of missing <laughs> a flight like makes me want to die. Oh no! So <laughs> I so Pete is exactly that way, and every time we have to have this like, so honey, remember that you're not flying out of O'Hare anymore, like. Milwaukee takes like two minutes. Like, it's a domestic flight. I promise we'll be fine. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Ours is always a negotiation between how early I want to leave and when Bill would want to leave. So we usually end up being earlier than Bill wants to be, but not as early as I ideally would want to be. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Pete and I usually have that same bargaining. <laughs> um, Oh, so I can only imagine the level of stress that her parents oh my God. are under. If oh I my was her God. parents, I would have. I I don't know what I would have done. I would have phased out of the cab to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have called like every single family member and like put them all on the hunt until somebody like gave up. The, I mean, although it wouldn't have taken long since her grandpa knew where she was, but, oof.
0: Yeah, I really feel like. The grandpa had to have called them and been
1: like, we just had this conversation. Yeah. Um, he, he must, because otherwise, like, yeah, they would have been sending, like, because I think they saw her going towards the strand. So they would probably, well, but maybe they wouldn't have the context to know that was actually I don't know where that she they was would, going.
0: I was going to say, I don't know that they would know that that's where she was going. Yeah. Yeah. Or why? Because she didn't bother to say anything. Yeah. Um, also, she's still going to have to go to the airport because they have her luggage and I oh, bet yeah. she doesn't want them to take that to Fiji. Yep. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that whole scene was like girl, get it together. Right. Yeah, at least like, get out of the, like, tell your parents what's up and get out of the camp with your luggage. Like, I, I did not think it was going to cut it quite that close in terms of the the plane flight to Fiji. Because <laughs> we do see that countdown, and,
0: yeah. I... um But yeah, so you have, like, a pretzel, a pile of books, like, the, I didn't feel, like, the stuff that he had collected, like, it was all, it all spoke to their experiences, but because their experiences were showing each other the stuff that they love from New York, it was also pretty, like, Quintessentially New York yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I guess yeah. I guess in a, a random store in New York would would much more likely have all those things. And I do want to
0: say that I don't think that makes it less cute. It just meant that I I un- I bought the
1: fact that he found all of them <laughs> in like the two hours that he had. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. That was that was a very cute little makeover although i was very confused why the strand has a door that like can't be unlocked from the inside doesn't open yeah that's yeah, like did a not fire understand. hazard yeah i mean we needed it for plot that was reasons, very like but... plot devicey yeah right <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah it was like i'm pretty sure no fire inspector would let that happen with just, like, a handwritten sign, like, don't close! <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that would not pass fire code.
0: <laughs> I would like to speak for a moment on the t- on the subject of Edward Tebow. Oh, sure. The boy who... Um, Lily has seen as being this sort of bullying force in her life since she was in middle school and who she finds out is a well-intentioned but extremely clueless kind of proto-frat boy who actually thinks that she's really cool, just doesn't have have a shared language with her to communicate that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, takes her to a party doesn't go super well although he is the one that she ends up kissing in a drunken haze right before dash walks into the bar and discovers them and then gets upset um how did we feel about the scene where she kind of has it out about how she feels like he has mistreated her Um, I thought that worked. At the the open mic.
1: Yeah, I thought that worked. Um, I liked that... Yeah, I liked that the conversation was, like... You... Did this crappy thing to me. And him being like, I'm really sorry about that. Like, how can I make that up to you? Um...
0: I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I did not care for about that scene.
1: Okay. They
0: both they both have a point. however, I think hers is better. and I think the way that they end up playing his point undercuts a very real thing that she is kind of concerned about and highlighting because her whole deal ends up being like, we need to stop teaching boys to pull pigtails as a sign that they like someone. And then he's uh, and she's like, I was only 12. And then he says, well, so was I. I had no idea that you felt this way. And on the one hand, like, I get that. He was also a small child. But also, I feel like then her point about the fact that boys are encouraged to, like, pull the pigtails of the girls that they like in our society then gets kind of undercut Mm -hmm. by his admission of ignorance
1: I mean, I don't know. He to me, to me, it seemed like because he he wasn't pulling her pigtails. He was he was making a mean comment, um, and so for me that seemed very preteen. Like that seemed like very normal preteen behavior. Um, so I don't. But I think. I think that Lily's
0: point is that that behavior should not be normalized.
1: Yeah, but I think also like, holding though, in against though, someone five years later, I think that's a little extreme. Um, well, but she's, I mean, five years later, she's still a kid. Like, yeah, but I mean, there, there
0: were people... There were there were people who were mean to me in elementary school that I never really made an attempt to, like, get over or make friends with. Why should I have? They were mean to me.
1: Yeah, but I think, um, I mean, I think, sorry, to be clear, I think Lily's point is very well taken. But I think, I don't necessarily think what Edgar did was rooted in, like, a toxic masculinity show Boys showing girls they like them by pulling their pigtails. I think it was rooted in he was trying to say something that would make him look cool to other kids, which is again very normal preteen behavior. Um, and and also, I, I mean, that also sucks though. Sure, but I, I, I would hesitate to to say, especially when it's clear he is trying to make amends. I would. I guess I would hesitate to condemn him too harshly. I think he is supposed to be a character that, A, we're very clear, is not a good match for Lily. We're very clear, is very thoughtless. Um And, um, is really not conscientious about how he treats other people. But I don't think it's for malice. And I actually like that. I, I like that, um... I, I don't I, think
0: it was from malice either. I don't think it was from malice either, but I think that... I think that benign neglect can be just as harmful as intentional cruelty. I was not into... I was not into Edward Tebow. <laughs> or Edgar Tebow. I mean, yeah, I definitely was not that one into... Out there. I
1: was not into him as a love interest for Lily. What I did like is that he wasn't treated like a villain i i liked that he got to be human and i i liked that he got to emphasize that yes while he did engage in harmful behavior he was also a child and and he did deserve to have some some slack um i think that um you know making one offhanded comment to a bunch of other boys shouldn't not that Lily needs to suddenly be like, "Oh, you're my best friend," but it it shouldn't make him a villain. I mean, no, but
0: I I also think it's important to recognize that something that one person might see as an offhand comment can have a really deep impact on people. Like I I guess I wanted it to be more I wanted it to matter more that his thoughtlessness had had this huge effect on her. Because I, I think that thoughtlessness can be cruel in, can be cruel in ways that are not intentional,
1: but can hurt just as deeply. Yeah, and I guess where I'm coming from is I like that the show was not like, oh, he's a villain, He's a monster. He's a terrible person. because um, I, I think that everyone commits, you know, everyone says something they wish they hadn't. Everyone, makes a careless remark that gets you know that can be hurtful like i think it's just such a human thing to do that i liked that he got to be human not like a monster
0: yeah i don't think he i mean they don't play him as a monster i guess they also i think the show cuts him too much slack like i don't think he ever is asked to deal with the fact that the ways in which he is thoughtless and continues to be thoughtless, like has a real impact on
1: people. Well, and that's where I will agree more strongly with you. I am very willing to forgive 10 12 year old Edgar. I think I think that the show handled that quite well by saying, yeah, like 12 year olds make mistakes and he did. Um I, I am much more on team like we see him at 17, 18 you know, doing a lot more, like, thoughtless things, like not even being able to call her an Uber home.
0: Oh, okay. Um uh, and, and that I had...
1: much more... Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was well, just and... like a, oh,
0: for the love of God, but... I was also like, girl, you still want to make out with a guy who was like, let me call you an Uber. Actually, no. You're Go right. home by
1: yourself in the middle of the night You're in right. New York City. And I was like, mm, Lily, I want better for you. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no, those I'm not willing to cut him any slack for, but I, I, what I really did like about the open mic scene is I, I do think that there um, gets to be a place for, for conversations of you know people people not getting to be people not being villainized for making mistakes like especially when they're 12 but yeah oh yeah no he's a total douchebag like she should definitely not date him <laughs> well and i i do wonder if maybe the
0: reason that that sticks in my cross so badly is because like it's not even just that he made a mistake as a child but that i don't know that he fully then is asked to deal with what the consequences were. Like, he kind of just says, I'm sorry, I think you're cool. Can I take you out? And then it's like, okay. Yeah. And I just, I would have appreciated having him grapple more with the fact that what he had done had hurt her, even though, as you say, like middle schoolers do terrible things all the time. I, I guess I was bothered by the fact that he then doesn't really have to like, deal with that in oh. any meaningful way.
1: See, I think I I honestly think that would... I, I am much more willing to condemn him for his actions as a 17- 18-year-old. I think that his symbol straightforward, like I'm sorry, I was a kid too. I think that's totally in um what's the word I'm looking for? Proportion. Because really, he made a careless, mean comment and he... I don't think that he should have to, like, crawl over gravel or glass. Um No, I don't
0: think he should either, but some acknowledgement of... Well, I think of... he
1: does, though. I think he says, I'm sorry. Like, I was 12, too. Like, I made a mistake. Um
0: I, I think know. that's I guess enough. I I feel like
1: anyone can say that. <laughs> oh, see, to me, that's enough. Like, he... I don't think the show needs to... I, I think that they could definitely rake him over the coals for the Uber thing. <laughs> um... But I I I actually liked that the show didn't again that I coming back to the show treated him as a person not like some villainous evil um you know that he he I don't know I guess I am just much more willing to to believe that we have all in this life said something careless that has hurt someone and that does not mean we need to, um, like, I don't know. I Okay, sorry. To say this more succinctly, I think his apology and explaining where he was coming from is enough of a, um, an apology. But I also think that, yeah, before he got any other place in Lily, or even, honestly, Dash, and, like, that whole group of school friends' life, he he definitely owes them some, um, growing up.
0: (laughs) I would also now like to talk conservatively for about six hours about Sophia.
1: Yeah! (laughs)
0: Because... Ooh, do I have some feelings about Sophia? <sighs> yeah, what is her deal? All right, so Sophia is, is so
1: she, her dad is military? I, is that in, what we I understand? My, my guess was diplomat. Like, my guess was maybe he was, like, stationed at the UN for a year or two or something. But yeah, I was not entirely clear. They're Brazilian, right?
0: Yeah or lived in brazil for a while but yeah so she is glamorous and beautiful and smart and dated dash for a while and then comes back into town and is immediately like hey um and because dash is a 17 year old boy um (laughs) like goes to a party with her like hooks back up with her and then makes out with her for a while in an abandoned museum and then spends the night quote-unquote platonically with her before getting mad about finding Lily making out with another guy. So I have a lot of issues with this whole sequence of events. <laughs> yep. The first and perhaps most important is spending the night in that library seemed like a deeply uncomfortable thing to do.
1: Also, like, I did not understand. Yeah, like, one, that couch did not look comfortable. Why not just go home? Also, like, I understand yeah. that she has a lot of money. And, and, like, I think she said her friend's dad was on the board or something, that they got permission to do this. But, like, I, is that something that actually happens like is this like a, a real rich person thing that like actually goes on I'm, I'm very confused it uh, must um, um, but yeah I'm. I'm kind of like yeah why not like just have your conversation about like yep we're still broken up and go home well be yeah
0: I don't know I also yeah I really felt when Dash is like, I'm going to be mad at you for making out with this. I don't like, I was like, you definitely just made out a lot with your ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. which I think is worse. Oh yeah. Frankly miles. worse. Um, but I mean, we, d- we needed that scene for like emotional development and everything. But yeah, I, mm, Sophia.
1: <laughs> yeah. I and- thought
0: Boomer was correct. <laughs>
1: Yes. Oh in yes. In every assessment. <laughs> Which is why I actually kind of liked that Boomer and Sophia got together in the end. Because you got oh, the yeah. sense that, like, oh, Sophia's gonna actually get to be with somebody who sees her flaws and doesn't put her on a pedestal of like perfect person. Um, so I thought that I did not fully see that coming, but I, I enjoyed that that's where it went because it, it did it did feel like, oh yeah, Boomer kind of like Boomer. not, like, right through her that has, like, a bad connotation, but, like, yeah, Boomer's not gonna put her on a pedestal. Okay, yeah.
0: Um, And she is very, she is very wrapped on the idea of somebody, like, seeing her for who she really is rather than the idea of who she is. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was both very mature and also in total contrast to what she does to Dash when she's like, we should get back together Because I have this idea of you in my head as the safe
1: harbor for me. And I'm like, girl, do you hear yourself? Well, and while also thinking that, will also, like, mold you to, like, wearing the clothes I think you should wear. And saying the, you know, having the conversations with your dad at dinner that I think you should have. Like, yeah, um... Did we think that Sophia was... Well, I guess we've already covered too many of her flaws to really call her Mary Sue. Um, but in some ways, it was like... Oh, okay. I guess she's set here's... up to be a Mary Sue.
0: No, he... So here's the thing about a Mary Sue. Is that a Mary Sue is traditionally a self-insert character Um and I don't think, I don't think that <laughs> Sophia is intended to be the, no, she's, she's not the audience surrogate here. Yeah. Um, is she two dimensional? Kind of. Yeah. Um, I actually think that, I think that you're right in that the fact that she is interested in Boomer is like the most interesting thing about her. Yeah. Um. Like, that definitely, I think, speaks to some some variations on interest, and interest there. And the fact that we see them, like, going out and enjoying a movie together, um, like, has some really interesting things to say about her, but it's a lot of inference. Mm. Um, we mostly get to know her as, like, this woman on a pedestal in Dash's life, um,
1: Yeah, and we don't, we get a lot, because I think most of the early scenes, like, were filtered through Dash's memories of her, so we don't really even get to see her for her until the later episodes. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it is interesting, because I I, I do like um, that, I think that the series never makes her feel like she has to be less than herself if that makes sense um so i did like that that the series was wasn't punishing her for apparently being all of these things like being beautiful and super smart and speaking six languages and um like being the the life of the party um but yeah i definitely could have done with A little more dimension there um and yeah i i would actually really be intrigued i hope that you know if we do get a season two we get to see a little more of her and boomer together
0: yeah i really do really do hope that they do a sequel to the show um i think there's a lot of there's a lot of material that they could plumb now that they have completed the initial conceit Yeah. Um,
1: And I would watch more of all of these characters. Yeah, I think this was a. It was a really lovely world to spend some time in. Um, and especially, I mean, it was especially poignant in you know 2020 when many of us are not getting to spend holidays with our families. It it was. Really poignant to see a story about people trying to make the best of that situation. While also being like, oh, you get to go to a Christmas party. You get to go to a movie in a theater. That is all I want right I, now. I know. <laughs> Ugh. I just, I swear, Martha, like the first day I'm vaccinated, <laughs> I'm going to like... The fancy movie theater with the lounge chairs and I'm getting the oh, biggest yeah. bag of popcorn and a whole bottle of Chardonnay and like a yes. whole big <laughs> bag of gummy bears and like, oh, it's all I want. <laughs> it's going to be so good. It's going to feel so good um i did it's being a vaccine i did i had the for the first time i had a friend text me today that they got vaccinated so that's exciting are they a
0: frontline worker
1: they are they are um so that was a that was a like it's actually happening it's starting to be real oh thank god
0: yeah yeah well so what would we recommend to our audience to enjoy after they have uh purviewed Dash and Lily. I almost said Nick and Nora. That's
1: different. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Same mean, authors. I was Same say, authors. I feel different like couple. that's a reasonable. <laughs> um so I actually I was I was torn in a couple directions and where I settled on um mostly because I think the other thing I thought I would have already recommended on this podcast. So I am going for The Granddaddy of Epistolary Historical Romance, um, Love in the Afternoon by Lisa Kleypas, um, which is the last in her Hathaway series and is about um, a young kind of outcast girl, Beatrix, who basically just wants to, like, take care of animals, um, and a captain um, who... Uh, she has a, a little thing for her best friend. Um, her best friend asked her to write back to him for her because her best friend can't be bothered. Um, and so while um, he is away at war um, and she is trying to navigate like the social season. Um, this is a, a Regency romance. Um, they kind of start Perfect. falling in love over Leonard's. Um, he comes back thinking that this person he's been writing to is her best friend. Um, and they, they actually meet each other in person, not know, well, he does not know that she is actually the one who has been writing him, um, and then is very confused to discover the qualities of the woman that he has been writing to and this totally different person, while also discovering that this woman that he is been writing to is nothing like the person in the letters and not a good way (laughs) um so yeah it's a lovely lovely um romance novel it's kind of a classic I think it came out in 2010 um and um I think it is a, a very worthy entry in the genre of epistolary romance um that is love in the afternoon by Lisa Kleypas Martha what would you recommend uh, I'm going to recommend
0: a book that I, wa- I wonder if I have recommended it before. I don't care. I don't keep track of our recommendations, and I'm not going to start now. I not start now. Um,
1: well, that just means recommend double, double recommendation just means that it, it's really worth recommending.
0: Yes. Uh, it is Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda by Becky Albertalli. Uh, this is a book about Simon, a 16-year-old gay teenager who is not officially out but not in the closet it's more that he just doesn't talk about it um but he has been uh emailing another teen anonymously so they have been writing back and forth about their experiences being um semi-closeted gay kids at their high school and one day he accidentally leaves his computer open or logged on in the Uh, high school library and another kid reads his emails and blackmails him into hooking him up with one of his other friends. So he basically says, I won't tell anyone you're gay as long as you play wingman to get me with this hot girl that you're friends with. So it then becomes all of these hoops that Simon has to jump through about like hiding is i or coming wanting to come out on his own terms um and having to like deal with this jerk who is like weaseling his way into his social circle um and then the emails and then like trying to trying to save his um email relationship with this other guy um who doesn't want to like accidentally be outed through um like by, uh, what's the word? Association. Mm. Um, But it is extremely charming and funny and delightful. Uh, it was made into a movie which is also extremely funny and charming and delightful called Love, Simon. Um, and yeah, uh, Becky Albertalli is very, very good at writing uh, queer teens and their whole, like questioning of themselves and their friendships and relationships and everything. There's a sequel called Leah on the Offbeat, which I also enjoyed, although not quite as much as I, li- as I uh, loved Simon. That, I think, is going to do it for us. Um, you can follow our show on the social media feeds that we share with our sister show, Did You Do Your Homework? Um, we are on all the places at podcast. Uh, You can also listen to our sister show on Wednesdays on uh, this same feed. It drops on alternating Wednesdays from us uh, and is a show that I host with Martin's husband, Pete. You can follow me solo on social media at Magical Martha, including a newsletter that I write whenever I feel like it. I am just starting to work on some top 10 lists uh, for the preceding year. Um, Maren, where can people follow you?
1: Yeah, folks can follow me on a underscore star underscore danced at Twitter, um, which is recently mostly a Bridgertons stan account. I feel like I've not been tweeting much, um, except for things about the Bridgertons, which comes out this week. Um, and is based on one of my favorite romance novel series by Julia Quinn. Um, so if you are interested in that at all, feel free to give me a follow.
0: I am going. How many episodes is *Bridgerton*? It's gonna be eight. Oh, is it still releasing? What's that? Is it still releasing? I thought it all got dropped at once. It it will get dropped on Friday. Um. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But
1: yeah. Never I, mind. Then I won't spend. Then I won't spend tomorrow watching oh, it. Oh, I wish. I know. I've like had to um i've had to like figure like be like what am i gonna do thursday while i'm waiting for bridgerton's what am i gonna do also thursday is christmas i'm sure, sure you'll find something to do on christmas Eve. <laughs> i don't know i've already warned pete that like my christmas day is taken like i have things to do i have eight hours of television <laughs> to watch <laughs> To Love one, it. Love to it. To which Pete was very kindly like, Okay, honey, but can we do like some Christmas things in the morning? Um No. <laughs> but I'm like Gosh. Only, all three should see TV. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if I don't get to spend the holiday with my family, I at least we'll get to watch the merchant. <laughs> um Yeah. But yeah, it is Good it is enough. all right. Yeah, but yeah, it is all, all dropping on Friday. uh thank
0: you all we will be back in a couple of weeks to discuss uh the holiday it's going to be our next movie so peep that one um before we discuss it uh martin i think that's everything i think Am I that's leaving everything everything i think we've covered Phenomenal. it all happy holidays everybody and just remember that we love you If I if I say a little spoiler alert warning here can Pete clip that out and put it at the beginning of the show?
1: I think so. I think he can I think he can edit it cuz I know he usually when he does his like outtake at the beginning, I I don't see why he wouldn't be able to just like plop in the spoiler alert somewhere else.